Welcome to another episode of the Tech Matters Podcast, sharing our vast business and development experience with developers like you, helping you to create better products, better businesses, and we hope a better you. Now, author and award-winning mobile innovator, your host, Stephen Feather. Tech Matters Episode 2, Outsourcing for Fun and Sanity. I want to start first by saying that outsourcing is not a bad word. As a professional developer, you need to have a very clear understanding of what your worth is. That worth may be in the pleasure you gain from writing great code or completing a project. It may be in the employment package or contract you negotiated. But in business, your worth always ends up being defined by the difference between what your labor costs and what your labor brings in. Your value to an organization, either as an employee or as a principal in a firm or as a freelancer, is revenue minus cost. Now, we may not like that answer. We might even be offended by the answer. How can my value possibly be defined in dollars or euros. But let's step back and take a look at this a little differently. If management sees a monetary value in outsourcing some labor, maybe there is something in this for me. Now, if you're at the bottom of the pecking order in an organization, this may not apply to you right now you may not have the authority to act on the information I'm going to talk about today. But I'm hoping that you won't always be at the bottom. I'm hoping that you have the desire to move up or out of an organization and that information will have value for you down the road. Back when I was running Lobosoft, a technology company dealing with uh, foreign language installations of labs, those kind of things, I spent a lot of time on the road doing sales, uh, working in the hallways of potential educational and government clients uh, to get contracts walked through and even sometimes doing training when our team of professional trainers were overbooked and we had a need. Business was doing very well, and uh, I found that I was always running out of time. Even though email really hadn't caught on with everyone, I found myself filtering through hundreds of emails a week. Now, we build out training at nearly $1,200 a day. Uh, In the 90s, that was a lot of money, even by today's rate. It's not an insignificant number. But it would take 45 to 60 minutes to go through emails each day, uh, answering some, ignoring others, uh, even setting my own schedule. And one evening, I was out at dinner in Miami, and it dawned on me. uh, I got paid to offer solutions to our clients. And here I was with a problem, and uh, I needed to find a solution. Now, we were building clients over $100 an hour for most of our work, and like I said, you know, over 150 for training in some cases. And here I was going through email, setting up appointments, all time that was not billable. Now, I didn't want to hire someone. As soon as you hire an employee, and this is a topic for a different episode, uh, but your business life changes, not just in the management, but in the additional taxes and rules and guidelines associated with being an employer. So I found a service that offered, for a flat rate, for a set number of hours, a virtual assistant. Now, in the 90s and early 2000s, virtual assistants, uh, this was a new concept. 
and this was a very young company, and I'm not going to mention their name. They're not around anymore, but they, did, they served me well. But this wasn't an easy thing back then. The internet was slow. I mean, most of the time you were out on the road, your Wi-Fi wasn't available in the hotel. You had to plug in. AOL, CompuServe, and the rest in the 90s were still the major provider for business guys on the road. Uh, in my case, it was Earthlink, and Earthlink covered the East Coast pretty well where our, my company was working. And But still, you're talking on dial-up connections. If you were lucky on an old hotel phone line, you might, might get a 288 connection. And, and that was even if you had the best possible modem there was. But anyway, this service offered uh, someone to go through and delete the spam. They set my appointments. They would set flags on emails you know, for importance or urgency based upon criteria I had established. Uh, they had a list of established customers, and those people took priority over new sales, family, or somebody else that was on my friends list at a higher uh, a grouping or a circle, they obviously were higher in the, the the list than anyone else when it came time to set those flags. But for the cost of a single billable hour, I received in return nearly a month of repetitive work being handled for me. So I want you to look at your, just take one day for this week, and I want you to look at your schedule and think to yourself, if I make X amount of money, could I find somebody to do this particular task or this particular job for less than X? And if you can, you're now in business. You're making a profit because you're going to make the difference between X and whatever you pay out, which is Y. A couple of things I want you to think about. Some, some use cases. Managing email, just like I did. How much time do you spend going through email, just even if you're using Google Inbox or using another service that automatically sorts stuff into categories, you still end up at the end of the week with 100 messages in the promos folder. And some of those are important. Some of them are totally irrelevant. Are you going to sit and unsubscribe from some of them? Do you have the time to sit and unsubscribe for all of some of them? Or do you sit and just randomly mark them as spam? And do you remember why you signed up for that one in the first place? Scheduling is another important one. It's a lot easier to have somebody else negotiate between two times and say, all right, I'm not available at this time, but I'm available at this time. Oh, you're not available at that time. Oh, well, then let's see. How about next week, next Thursday, next Friday? And if the whole time that you're having that discussion, usually in exchange by email, you're not making any money because you're not billing. Now, eventually that time may bring in money in the future, I can guarantee you, you don't have a line item in your accounting that says, wasted time setting an appointment. All right, so managing email, number one. Number two, scheduling. Number three, social postings for your organization or your business. If you're a freelancer or a small business owner, how much time do you have to dedicate to posting on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn? Find a service that does that for you. Find somebody who has a background in copywriting who can take care of that part of your business for you. How about research? How often do you need to have something looked up? You could spend the next hour trying to find the source, 
but maybe you can just pay somebody to look that up for you. As a business owner, I'm gonna, this is a big one, cold calling. You have a list of 500 businesses that you know that your product applies to. You know it would be great for them. Do you want to spend your time sitting and calling and getting the first person who answers the phone and have them tell you no? Hire somebody else to take care of that for you. Find a service that will just run down through that list. Make those calls. Bookkeeping. And this is an important one because bookkeeping is your money. And you have to be able to trust the person who's going to handle your books for you. Because if you get the wrong person and the IRS or another tax organization comes and audits your books, you're the one who goes to jail or you're the one who pays the extra fines if it's not right. But let's start with things as simple as sending out invoices. I'll tell you, as in, in all of my years in business, and this is a personal flaw of mine, and I'm sharing that with you, being honest about it, is that I, it's not that I don't like sending invoice. I just don't think about it. I love money. I love having money sit in the bank. I love having money sitting in my wallet. I like being able to buy things. But I just don't think about invoicing. And sometimes I go past 60 to 90 days to even bill a customer just because I didn't think about it. I enjoyed doing work for them. I enjoyed finishing the project and then just didn't think about it. That changed a good bit when I got a business partner because he was really concerned to make sure that the invoices went out on a regular basis. So if you have somebody who can simply say, hey, look, I've looked at this and we've met this criteria and this is when an invoice goes out, you could have somebody handle that for you. So let's talk about the next thing. You've sent these invoices out and now you're 30, 60 days past the invoice date and they haven't paid yet. You don't want to pay a collection service. You don't want to move to that level yet, but maybe you just need somebody to do that call or send out what are called dunning letters. These are the ones that automatically get generated. They get mailed and they said, Hey, we're reminding you, owe us some money. Pay somebody to do that for you. A couple things come from this. One, you don't look personally like the bad guy. If you're the freelancer and you're doing your own invoicing and your own collection, it looks like you're desperate. But if you've got somebody else who can handle the collections for you, and I'm not talking collections like Vinny showed up with a baseball bat to get his money. I'm talking like, hey, I think maybe you guys forgot to pay this, or I just wanted to remind you, that kind of collections, all right? It makes you look professional. How about things like writing or editing or proofreading? You may really enjoy writing blog posts, but who do you have to come behind you and edit that for you? Who do you have to come behind you and proofread your work for you? Maybe clean it up a little bit, all right? Find a service. Now, the key in all of these is you have to be prepared. Two things. You have to know exactly what service you require. Third, I mean, second, you have to have a list that you can very clearly communicate to a service provider. I need A, B, C, and D done, and I need them done like these, this particular way. All right? You've got to do it. 
But the last and most important part of this preparation process is you have to be willing to relinquish control over those tasks. When you say to a service, I want you to do this, and you have clearly defined the scope of what you need, release it. Let them take care of it. Otherwise, you're now paying to worry about something. A couple of places to look online. The first one is Task Bullet. Second one is Zertral. Third one is Fiverr. And then if you've got little tiny repetitive tasks that need done on a regular basis and they're very... They're basically things that if it was possible to have a computer do in a script, you would do, but it requires some human intervention, I would look at Mechanical Turk. Uh, one caveat on all of this, if you pay money into Fiverr and something goes wrong, you don't get your money back. It only goes in account. That's important. But I'd take a look at either TaskBullet or Zertual if you're looking to get a virtual assistant. Thank you for listening, and please take time to visit the forums at techmatters.fm and share your thoughts regarding this episode with us.